Chapter 34 Gladys, like Val and Salvador and Lester and Esperanza and Concepcion, was a great addition to our troop. Gladys belonged to Tammy's daughter, Jessica, who had recently moved to Silver Bar. Gladys, who had been raised and bottle-fed by Jessica, was not a big fan of the move. She had been moping around for weeks, Tammy had told us with a sad shake of her head, so there was to be a reunion between Gladys and Jessica. We and our bus were the means for the reunion to be possible. The whole thing was very sweet and exciting. Well, I thought the whole thing was so very sweet and exciting. Rodeo and I didn't see eye to eye on that particular issue. We can't have some dang goat in our home making a mess of our floor, Rodeo had insisted. He darn near raised his voice so I'd know he was serious. Oh, Gladys's house train, Tammy had assured us. Gladys? Rodeo had exclaimed, momentarily distracted. He got back on track pretty quick, though. You can't house train a goat. Tammy's eyebrows lowered and she cleared her throat. Maybe you can't house train a goat, but apparently I can. And then she added a little less confidently. But uh, you should probably pull over every couple hours and walk her around a bit, just in case. I like Tammy. Rodeo and Tammy stared at each other for a minute. This is ridiculous, Rodeo said. Tammy softened her tone. Look, I really need to get Gladys to Silver Bar. She misses her mama. A goat is a loyal animal. She won't be any problem, I promise. Well, maybe not promise exactly, but I bet anyway. Think of her like a dog. She's been a house goat her whole life. House goat? Rodeo sputtered, but Tammy kept going. Those are my terms, buddy. Come on, this is a win-win. A win-win-win-win if you count Gladys and Jessica. I'd really appreciate it. I'm helping you. Please help me out here. Oh, that Tammy. I don't know if she was really that good at reading people or she just got lucky, but that was the perfect way to end an argument with Rodeo. He ain't good at being bullied, but he's exceptionally good at helping folks who need it. Always kindness, more or less. Rodeo looked deflated. He was beat, and him and me both knew it. He now had a promise to keep and a kindness to offer, and maybe he could have fought, he could have fought one of them, but he was defenseless against both of them together. He pointed a finger at me, but it was more of a surrendering finger than an angry finger. You're cleaning up any messes that goat makes, he'd said, and that was that. Gladys had bright green eyes that always looked like they were laughing and a braying bleat that cracked me up every time. She was a real people goat too, always wanting to be right by my side no matter where I was. I tried to get her to hop up on the seat next to me and I swear she was just about to, but then Rodeo put a kibosh on that. Ivan was surprisingly low-key about the whole thing. He gave her a fair amount of owl-eyed staring when she first scrambled on board, and his introductory sniffs were cautious at best. But within a few minutes, they'd done some cordial mutual nose-sniffing, and within 20 miles, he seemed to have forgotten that Gladys hadn't always been a part of our pack. He's some kind of cat, that Ivan. Gladys did manage to eat basically an entire tomato plant before Salvador stopped her, but I think that's understandable behavior even for a well-behaved house goat. All in all, bringing Gladys on board was a real upgrade for our group experience. Around bedtime on that last night, I was sitting back on the couch reading by what was left of the sun's light shining through the bus windows. Ivan was snoozing on my lap. Gladys was curled up by my feet, blinking slow and sleepy. I suppose it was a pretty odd and specific scene. Salvador was at the other end of the couch, just about ready to finish the one and only Ivan. He was loving it, obviously. Lester walked back and sat down on the throne. He shot a look at Rodeo up driving, then leaned forward with his elbows on his knees and asked me in a low voice, Is he going to be okay? 
I knew what he was talking about ever since the secret, and especially since we'd gotten the brakes fixed. Rodeo had been quieter and quieter. His eyes didn't have their sparkle. His answers were short. Sure, I said. I mean, he'll be okay. He ain't happy about it, but he'll be okay. I think I was saying it to reassure myself as much as Lester. He's been avoiding this for five years, I went on. It's really hard for him, but he knows how much it means to me. It'll be okay. You really haven't been back in five years at all, Salvador asked. I shook my head. Not even close. How are you feeling? Lester's voice was soft, his eyes deep into mine. Good, well, kind of scared, I guess, and sad. Rodeo is right. It is sad to think about it, to think about them. I took in a breath, let it out. But it's worth it. I think remembering them and being sad about it is way better than forgetting about them. Salvador, Salvador nodded and Lester murmured, that's right. I thought I was done talking, but then without planning it, I said, I miss them. I blinked fast and looked down. I rubbed up my eyes with the backs of my hands. I keep remembering this one thing. There's this hill we used to sled on in the winter, close to our house. We'd drag our sleds up there and sometimes for fun, we'd all squeeze onto our one long sled. Mom at the back because she was the biggest. Rose at the front because she was the smallest. Ava and me in the middle. We had to kind of hug each other to stay on the sled and our legs were all tangled up and it was stupid and hilarious. I broke off. In my mind, I could hear us all laughing, feel the arms around me, see the sunlight glaring off the white snow. And fun, so happy. But then, the accident was so sudden and me and Rodeo left so soon. I squinched my eyes shut tight. And sometimes it feels like that moment is just on pause. Like once I got home, once I get home, our life will start right back up again. I'll be back on that sled and they'll be with me. I shook my head, but I know that's not true. Out here on the road, it's been easy to feel like they're just back there waiting. But once we get there, I mean, they won't be. I know that. I tried to swallow the strangling lump out of my throat. I looked up at Lester, then Salvador, blurry through my tears. I really, really need that box. I do, but I'm just, I'm just afraid. Afraid of how gone they'll feel once I have it. Lester's eyes were shiny. He was biting his bottom lip. Neither one of them said nothing, but Salvador reached over and he held onto my hand and he squeezed it. This is going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. My voice started with a tremble, but I dug down to my heartbeat and ironed it out like losing him all over again. But maybe I have to lose him all over again to get him back. And I have to get him back. I have to, no matter what. It was a good moment, I suppose. A strong moment and true. In a movie, there'd be an orchestra playing in the background. Good stuff. I had no way of knowing, though, that it was the moment right before everything unraveled.